This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to Popcorn Talk. Featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Guilty Movie Pleasures. All right, Guilty Movie Pleasure fans, we have a very special episode for you today. Uh, straight from quarantine, all four of us are joining you. But uh, I got to introduce some people here. We got Ryan Nielsen, our producer in the booth there. We got me, Ben Begley, your host, Jesse McIntosh, my co-host. And this just happened like an hour and a half ago. The director of the movie we're covering today, The Hunt, Craig Zobel's here. Woo! Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Happy to, happy to be here. This is the magic of the internet sometimes. Most of the time, Twitter can be a vile, awful place. But then there are moments like this that make me go, maybe it's not so bad. <laughs> I fully agree. <laughs> Completely agree. And, and I'm sure, Craig, um, God, I have so many questions. I don't even know where to begin. But first off, I want to tell you that Jesse, myself, and Ryan all watched The Hunt this weekend. I've been excited to see it since the trailers dropped back in, I think, August. Was that when they first dropped? Yeah. And I remember being so pissed when it got delayed, especially because it got delayed because our our president, I don't even use that, I can't, anyways, that guy tweeted out and got angry about something he didn't read about or didn't know anything about, which luckily has never happened since. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, first question I have for you is that, so I, we all loved it. It was awesome, and we'll get into that. But how has this journey been for you? I don't know how many movies get canceled from a tweet by the president of the United States. That's got to be some sort of a a marker for you, like a like a bucket list. I mean, thing. very genuinely, <laughs> like it's like you know, starting with like canceled by a tweet from the president, put back on, and then canceled by a global pandemic. <laughs> Pretty cool. Like, <laughs> it's pretty strange timing, to say the right? least. Right? Yeah. I mean, did you, you had to have, when it was finally coming out on Friday the 13th, the perfect date for this uh, to be. Like, on like Monday the 9th, I was like, we're good, right? Like, this is cool. Like, we're going to be cool, right? Like, <laughs> I feel so. You could have never. Yeah. But like Thursday the 12th, I was like, wait, what? Like, what's happening? Yeah. yeah, we we actually we saw a screening that the Tuesday prior of oh, Bloodshot, and we were at that screening. We were like, we have to do the hunt. Let's try yeah. and get there this weekend, and then just an <laughs> avalanche of bad news. Yeah, I had tickets for Friday because I was like, this is going to be amazing. I can't wait. And then Thursday hit, and I have a pregnant wife and a three-year-old, and I was like, I really want to see the hunt but I really don't want to get coronavirus. So I was like, I literally was so torn. And then when the they announced it, that they were releasing it uh, online, I rented it Friday night, the day it came out online, and my wife and I watched it, and we had a blast. And um, thank you. You know, I mean, I, I don't, it's a strange day in the fact that, like, I don't want to be, like, Yay, everybody finally got to see my movie. Yeah. <laughs> when at the same time, like, I do give a, a shit about movie theaters and, like, I don't, I, I do care. Like, I worry about the precedent and I don't want movie theaters to go away. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think that's... for me, as, like, the things that happened to this movie, I'm like, thank you. 
please, anyone <laughs> just who put it out there. Does somebody see it? Somebody cool, see it. Like whatever. Great. <laughs> Can, can I ask like, you, Craig, what what were the discussions like in the interim? Like, how often were you in touch with people trying to push the movie forward? Um, like, what what were those talks with the studio like? Uh, to be specific, like, between, like, relaunching the movie and, like, the COVID issue? I, I was asking more between when it was canceled and when you decided to relaunch. Well, as you might expect, it was like a lot of conversations the first week. <laughs> sure. Don't bet your phone didn't stop ringing. <laughs> yeah, and then not so many. This, you know, and then like gradually like tapering. It, it and I just like was, you know, I mean, I, I would say that like all of us involved in making the movie, like, um, look, the one thing I will say is that like everyone I was directly in contact. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With as the director of the movie. Um was desperate to try to make the movie come out. I, I think everybody kind of knew what the movie was and wanted it to come out. And, 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 and I include everybody from like Damon Lindelof and Nick Hughes, the writers to, to Jason Blum, you know, producing it to who knew what the movie was and was like really proud of the movie that we'd made and, and, and wanted that to be, out there because like i think he thought it was cool um i think uh to like you know to the to the executives at universal i i think there's a lot of people at universal that were like yeah like we should be making movies like this yeah this is the thing that we want to be behind and this is the thing we want to support um and uh once the movie once it was clear that the movie was like not gonna have once to be specific once it was clear that there was like bad people kind of saying bad things about the release of the movie that we all felt like was not appropriate to sort of like in our own hearts like release the movie if there are people saying that stuff we all were kind of like okay i guess we need to take a time out and and like figure out how to, how to re-release the movie. Um, after that, I mean, to answer your question, after that, I was always like, as soon as people see this, they'll see that it's like a midnight movie. Yeah. That was like the point, is that it was a midnight movie, and then we should all be like laughing, and ha- hopefully like enjoying ourselves. Like the point was to like make like a silly thing. <laughs> And I've like made serious movies before. I swear, I know how to make serious. <laughs> well, yeah, you. I mean, you've done a ton of stuff. So people who may not know yet, you you worked on Westworld. You did three episodes of the, of the Leftovers. Z for Zachariah. Uh, Compliance was a big festival, darling. So this is this was. I, I think it's safe to say, kind of a change of pace for you tonally, right? Yeah, I would say that. I mean. Like, it was fun to, I guess I had, to, to be specific, like, I, I had, like, gotten to play with, you know, when you're making a Westworld episode, like, that stuff is, like, bonkers. Like, like what's yeah. going on in a, like, normal episode of Westworld is, like, <laughs> completely bonkers, like, all the time. But, like, it was, like, I was able to, like, I was, like, yeah, I'm into this type of storytelling, right? Like, we can do this. Like I'm excited to do this, and I was excited to make. Um, you know, I, I did a, a the episode I did was like the um, for those people who have seen the second season, it was the, like uh, the Japanese. Uh, oh yeah. Episode. That one's incredible. Just like bonkers and dumb. Yeah. You know, like it's like yeah. so. <laughs> she could, I was going to say- mind. 
where she mind controls everybody and, and, and they all just start hacking each other and, and she's walking in slow motion with all the blood splattering. Ah, oh, it's so good. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, your TV work is so great. Uh, I think one of my favorite episodes of TV in general is International Assassin, season two of The Leftovers. Just Thank an all-time favorite episode of TV. Never seen anything like it. And I feel like you always leave that kind of imprint on a lot of the things you work on. And with, with this is no exception with The Hunt, I'm curious, since that delay happened, I don't. I assume there weren't any changes to the edit, um, but really. did you guys modify anything or add anything in since then to now? No, and I mean, it was a big conversation at some point. Um, not not necessarily in the sense that like people were like pressuring us to, but like in the sense of like, should we be doing something? But partly, genuinely partly because we could look be able to look at all of you and say like, yeah, no, nothing was changed since it happened. Because I do kind of think that like, the thesis of the movie was talked about by all of the people uh in the making of the movie or in the like you know in that release like i do think that there was like such a a um level of the things that we were trying to talk about were actually like being represented in the like coverage of the movie that 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 i want to say for sure like yeah we genuinely didn't change anything i I was in the last two days of the sound mix of the movie, which happens after the like color correct and all of the editorial decisions have been made. I was like debating like whether or not the like blood and guts were like loud enough on screen and <laughs> footsteps were loud. I remember I was like dealing with the footsteps in the in the Ma and Pa gas station scene. Oh yeah. When, <laughs> I love like, that scene. Yeah, like when Ike Barinholtz from that same scene, like called me on my phone and was like, <laughs> I was like, he was like, hey, I think that the president just tweeted about us. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, and I had to absorb all that information while I was like watching the, the finished cut of the movie. So we didn't change anything, um, which I feel like is valuable information just in the sense yeah. that like, as i was watching the movie i was like oh like i had to finish watching the, like, i had to still do my job you know like i just don't finish doing watching the movie and doing this playback in the movie and like watching scenes like where it's like you know the scene where hillary swank the the sort of like scene where you kind of learn all the backstory of the movie three fourths of the way through where you see hillary swank be like I don't understand. It was just a joke. And they're like, you shouldn't have used that word. Deplorables? Yeah. And then it happened in real life. <laughs> you what? What? And just just so and just so anyone who hasn't seen the film knows, it's about 12 strangers who wake up in a clearing. Yeah, I guess, yeah. They have no idea how they got there, and they're being hunted. Um I think that's a good enough little log line right there. Yeah. yeah. See, should, and I will. should we should we move into a spoilery discussion? Because yeah, we're already starting to talk about we some can, plot points a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go Spoiler ahead and move alert. into that. Well, actually, we actually, actually, before we do that, Craig, I wanted to ask you a question because my wife, ever since she had our daughter, she's been very like she's she used to love horror films and now she can't take them as much. So when she first saw the trailer for this back in August, she was like, you can see that that looks too intense for me. And then I, she hadn't seen the, the marketing campaign when it was re-released where it leaned into the comedy more. And I made, Friday, I was like, you're watching this with me. It's going to be funny, I promise. And within like the first five minutes, she was laughing her ass off and enjoyed the hell out oh, of it. Good. And so I guess for, P, and, and I had somebody tweet at me on, on uh, saying like, oh, I'm not going to watch this. Hollywood hates us. And I responded being like, actually, it makes fun of both sides equally. And the deplorables... Like Betty Gilpin is considered a deplorable and she's the protagonist. I was like, you should give it a chance. And she's like, well, it's still not my cup of tea, but I appreciate you letting me know. And I'm like, hey, at least she doesn't think you hate her anymore. <laughs> like, maybe yeah, thanks. Thanks, ben. <laughs> I, I also think the important thing to take from that discussion is Ben is an authoritarian leader of his own household. <laughs> 
yep, and he forces he forces people this. to do yeah. Uh-huh. yeah but she but my my wife is a is you know she also doesn't like super gory stuff anymore and the one thing i'm trying to before we get into spoilers give people that may be worried it's too intense or it's like the purge or it's like saw it's nothing like any like that because the first trailer made people think it was like the purge only liberals hunting deplorables in a way i think and when my even the gore i think you smartly do the gore where there's moments of of more extreme gore but it's still all either really funny or tastefully cuts away at the right moment and <laughs> and so Thank like how, how much in the edit was was that like discussed where you're trying Very to figure much. out like, like what's too really, far and i was probably the like biggest prude of the entire scenario um because the grossest thing is in the first five minutes with the eyeball, I feel like. Right. I, I, I felt like at the beginning, let's give them what they paid for in terms of <laughs> <laughs> And you give it. Just just so the people at home know, uh, Hillary Swank shoves a heel into the eyeball oh. of the guy who is who has woken up on the private jet that they're flying all these people to. And then she pulls it out and the eyeball and the retinal... Um, what do you call it? The retinal nerve, which is gigantic, pulls out the whole thing and then and plops it off and wipes her I, heel off. I would also like to add it's that the, the, the sound volume on the heel to the eye oh. was, it was perfect. Thank you. Yeah. We were doing that as the president was <laughs> But I thought like, but even that could have been like super disgusting, but because it, went so my extreme. whole thing was, that was like it it's should funny. always be funny like it should yeah. be the funny version of that like like my feeling was i mean like i i've weirdly i'm like i've watched a ton of horror movies in my life i would not necessarily call myself like a gore horror I wouldn't necessarily say that I am a fan of like horror the way that it's like a gore horror. I, yeah. Although I understand what it is, and like I kind of understood what we were making in my mind was there was a certain level where we like needed to satisfy the like target. Yeah, in sense, in my in my own brain, like what I would. Like if I was gonna see this, I thought of this as a midnight movie, like as a as a like as a grindhouse midnight movie. You know, like I was yeah. like, what's the midnight movie version of like the story? And so, like in my mind, I felt like we had to do a little bit of that. I mean, like partly because that helps you understand how ridiculous yeah. the like I, story is, right? Well, like, cause... So I, I I've been actually that kind of like trying to caveat and like tell people who are like going to watch the movie over the internet since there's this like amazing ability to like watch the movie over the internet all of a sudden that didn't exist a week ago that like all of a sudden everybody is watching the movie this way i'm like hey you know it is it is it is gory it's a horror movie it is is gory but it is like absurd gory like oh yeah it it reminds me yeah yeah it's like it reminds me of like the gore in like Shaun of the dead or cabin in the woods yeah. something like that yeah. where like the moment one <laughs> a moment that i laughed so hard at among many was the the woman <laughs> who runs for it I mean, and then she jumps in a hole and as soon as she jumped <laughs> in the hole i was like something bad's in there so just for the viewers at home to give you a little taste uh they all, all all the deplorables they wake up um and they have they have these gags in and they find this this wooden crate and they pull out all these guns and then they immediately start getting picked off and that was so shocking my wife and i yeah. gasped every time because you spoilers spoilers you kill off emma roberts immediately in the funniest way possible where we were both like what the shit <laughs> we were like wait and then, and then the amount of energy and expense <laughs> that we put into like killing off Emma Roberts as fast as possible was very challenging. <laughs> so thank and, you for liking that. <laughs> and then Kevin Hartley, who my wife and I are huge fans of This Is Us, which we like to call This Is Us Ugly Crying every week. Um, yeah, of course. Like the, my only experience with the, This Is Us, like I didn't even know the yeah. full plot of this, this Is Us, except for yeah. I had seen it 
as walking through like while putting my shoes on while it was on the TV. And like every time I would be like, wait, what's happening? And I'd like start watching This Is Us and like four minutes into it, I'd be like, <laughs> right? Every episode Craig, you're like, Craig, okay. I, I cry okay. from I cry from 10 to 11 on Tuesdays every night with the TV off just because, <laughs> just by osmosis. <laughs> because just because I know it's on. Yeah, it happens. But yeah, so you got- I was just like, I said that to Kevin. I was just like, I was like, man, I just like cry. <laughs> it's so, and it's so, so, but and I love the fact that the trailers were edited. I even I rewatched the trailer like three times to see how smartly you guys edited it. That like, you make it look like Ike Barinholtz is in the scene with Betty Gilpin in the gas station. You make it look like. This, this whole thing where they're getting picked off is like the third act. So you're with these people, the whole movie. And so it's so shocking when literally everyone but Betty Gilpin and uh, I forget the older gentleman who comes up late. Oh, no, no. And then Gary, Ethan Suppley's character. So you, you pair it, you go from 12 Dumb. to like nine Mind to ball. three. Yeah. You go from 12 to three within like 10 minutes. And... Um, Poor uh, Justin Justin Hartley, right? Yeah, Kevin on This Is Us, Justin Hartley in real life. Uh, when he's running to save the girl and she ends up in the pit with the, and she's like, it's my birthday tomorrow. I was gonna eat cake. It's so ridiculous. One of my and favorite things about that scene. up again. One of yeah, my favorite yeah. things about that scene that if, if you guys ever rewatch it, uh, you know, the woman who runs away, uh, She's got a shirt on that says dead sexy on the shirt. It says dead oh, yeah. sexy. That's right. And then when she gets blown up, the sexy part gets ripped off. So it just says dead. That's amazing. <laughs> and we were not hard on that joke and no one's noticed that joke, but we were really hard. We wow. thought of so many fucking, there were so many goddamn pitches for that. Like what should the words be? Where it says like one thing and then another thing and then the other thing gets cut off. <laughs> Like I see, I really wish I noticed that. I um, really was impressed by just how like Betty Colvin's character goes in and how she figures out that these two people behind the counter aren't exactly who they say oh, they are. Or that line is incredible. The uh, uh, cigarettes cost six bucks in Alabama. You fucked <laughs> up, bitch. Just her delivery is incredible. <laughs> so... I'm cu- I'm really curious. Like with Betty Gilpin, like she has this yeah. such a incredible performance and it reminded me of like the bride and kill bill while also being it's it's like own kind of unique thing yeah hopefully it's the same thing too yeah were there any were there any kind of when directing her on set what were the conversations like when she has that attitude of hey this is this is an out-of-body experience for her um, this is the most exciting part of her life yet like what were the conversations well, like, she had on set we talked about it a lot i mean like kind of when we started it was like it was clear the script was written where it was like an action movie you know what i mean like we're like she'd be like say the thing say the thing <laughs> you know like that was like the tone of the like movie like in the like s- screenplay and like that certainly worked it was funny like even if it is like you fucked up bitch you know like that's funny um, so we were kind of understood that that was important. And, um, and then, but after about three or four days of like making the movie, like we were like, Oh, there's probably more to be mined here. You know? And I mean, Betty and I had been talking just because you have to, in order to like figure out how to like chart the path of a movie. Like we had been like talking about it a bunch and we'd been talking about like what her backstory was and like what that she'd probably had PTSD from, you know, like sir, military service and stuff. Um, and um, somehow or another, like by day two or so, uh, there was a time in which she did kind of the like thing that you would want her to do really well. And she did really well. And I was like, um, before we move on, can we just do it again? And maybe you do it weird. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, uh, "Yeah, yes, yes, I can do that." <laughs> and she was like super excited to do it weird, and like she, um, you know. And then it became a thing. There was like a time. There was like a conversation. 
she's told the story so i feel comfortable telling the story i would normally like talk out of school but like there was definitely like at a certain point we would with any any new set, camera setup we would be like okay and we do you know action take one and she'd do something and i'd be like okay cool now do the hardcore uh you know do the hardcore action movie version of that and she would do that i, I would usually say the linda hamilton nice and she would do the linda, linda hamilton uh and then i would be like do the baby dan baby dinosaur baby dinosaur <laughs> which was like what it became a thing from like some inside joke <laughs> that, where it was just like act like a weirdo and act like you're kind of crazy <laughs> and um and uh and she would do the baby dinosaur version of it and those all ended up in the movie more often than not um that that version of things because betty's really smart and amazing yep. and sort of understands how to like both infuse the like pain that would be involved in being a person that had like gone through like killing people in afghanistan but also the how funny it would be to like be that person in this scenario <laughs> like it's like a hard that's a hard yeah. thing to like thread but like Very she understood hard. what I, that was and i i felt like you in the one the one moment that really like every She's such a badass in this movie, and everything you're saying makes so much sense why I rooted for her from the beginning, uh, because she infuses, because the best comedy comes from pain, and she infuses these crazy moments with pain. Like, that moment between her and the guy who was, um, the, the guy who was the National Guardsman, who was uh, their consultant. Sergeant she, Dale. Just, yeah. yeah, Sergeant Dale, when she's sitting there and she's like, you know, I got all this, mm, and I thought that maybe this, and I work at a car rental place, and maybe this is a place where I can, and it's just like that, that if you do that as like a lesser actor, that would just be a weird moment. But for her, I was so drawn into that being like, she's been through some shit. And so I love the fact that, that you give us enough taste of what she's been through without, ha without hammering it over the head. Cause for me as an audience member, I was like, this is clearly, and correct me if I'm wrong, but my idea, and I probably tweeted this at you because I've been nonstop talking about this movie since I saw it. I mean, thank you. My, my idea, when I, what I walked away from was that both extremes of the political spectrum are absurd. Both sides have absurdity when you're extreme. And Betty Gilpin's character is somebody who actually served this country, who actually fought for this country, who actually lost friends because of this, and now she's seeing these idiots fight over the stupidest shit and it's kind of pushes her over the edge. And she just, that's why she's like the middle ground who actually has a stake and, and understands what it means to, to be somebody who actually fought for this country, you know? I, and that's a lot of what I felt like we should be saying for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I would say it's an interesting thing you bring up that scene with, with Sergeant Dale. Um, so good. The military consultant that, like, um, you know, to just tell a story that I don't know if it's that, kind of that tone. And, like, a couple of days before we shot the scene, I was like, hey, Betty, like, because it was late in the movie, like, that we were making that. And I was like, now that I know what we're making, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm like slightly concerned about the scene like i don't know that like we're like fully like getting everything we need to be getting out of the scene because i was like wait like this is opportunity that is the, the this feels like it will end up landing at a time period where you want to know what that uh character's deal is you know um and uh and so i I remember, you know, we were both like all of us were in a like hotel for a few days because like where we were shooting to get way too in the weeds as far as like right. the production of the movie. Like we were mostly shooting in New Orleans, but we were shooting the stuff that happened in that um field with the 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 box and the pig coming out of the box and like pulling out the weapons and stuff. All that stuff was really north of New Orleans where the like hills are bigger 
it was like we had to go far away to get hills. Uh, yeah. So we were in hotels for that period. And because we needed a, a, a rain cover for all of that stuff, the hunter's blind acted as a rain cover. So like everything that happened in that like hunter's, like in the like bunker scenario was like shot at a, right after we shot the stuff uh, in the field. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so we were out of our normal element and we were in these like weird random like be you know best western hotels you know in the middle of nowhere in louisiana and uh and like i remember calling betty and being like we need to talk about this like new scene like it's like we need to really think about this and how to do this right and like we got together before it, it, it shot and talked about it and like really kind of like we're like well there's a way to tell the story there's clearly the John Wick version, which was yeah. like, where is she? Where is she? What's her deal? You know, and then there's the like non-John Wick version, which is her sitting down next to the guy and be like, what's going on? <laughs> you know? And gonna, we're like, gonna, how do we talk in the hole going, sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, she's like pressing it. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. sorry, with, sorry. With, uh, with John Wick, you know, I was going to say, you have one of the best hand-to-hand -hand combat scenes I've seen in a while in this movie at the, in the final oh. act uh, with Thank Hilary Swank. And I'm just curious how much, what what was, what was were some of the inspirations behind that? Um, were there any other films? John Wick any... definitely was. Yeah, John I would Wick, say yeah. that particular scene. I mean, to finish the story about the, like, that, like, thing with the, like, yeah. guy, it was like, we were like, oh, this is an opportunity to tell a story about her that isn't the way the script kind of like portrays her. And it was just like, like it was a little bit me and Betty kind of going off script and kind of off in the wilderness, you know? Um, and like her going like, mostly people think of that I'm like, but I, I work at a car rental company and you like kind of can't be like that. So like with this, there's an opportunity to be like, like all of that was like, improvs like on the day god she's my hero i am such a fan of her she's incredible yeah she's so awesome. it was like totally the spirit of like what the story needed you know what i yeah. mean which she's like i'm i'm wondering because you i just wanted to follow up on something that you said because you said uh shooting that scene uh now that you had figured out what movie you were shooting when do you when do you feel like you got a grasp of what movie you were shooting a little, a little bit into it. I have to admit, yeah. like there was a. It took a second, you know, like, like the tone was like. Silly. Like we knew that like it should be kind of fun and light, but like that makes it more complicated in a way. If that makes any sense. Yeah. It's been a big thing where like I honestly I stupidly read a couple of people's reviews of the movie on the first day that the reviews came out, and I stopped reading after that. But like I stupidly read like a couple of them and it like it was painful because you know the movie had the movie was one thing and then like they get shut down by the president of the United States because it was like a, 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 a inciting violence and inflaming yes, it did. chaos. Yeah. And so after it was inflaming chaos, like we couldn't like do the same thing to re-release the movie and so like in order to kind of inoculate ourselves from any sort of bad critique from that like we had to like and like the the this wasn't really my choice it was really like more kind of like a big giant group decision but it was like i don't know if i could have thought of a better version was that they were like well let's just tell people what we think the movie is you know, and that was like, oh, it's a s social satire, and and we kind of leaned into that as like a marketing campaign. But by doing that, we made all the people that would review or sort of like the critics, like movie critics, be like, they were like, <laughs> that's no fucking like, like not as smart as it thinks it is. Yeah. yeah, I was just like, no, it's not supposed to be smart. <laughs> totally not the point. Not the point. Not trying to be smart. Not trying to be smart. You know, but like that was yeah. like the 
Doctor Strangelove? That's no fucking Doctor Strangelove. <laughs> yeah, that should be when it when it Craig, when this comes when this comes out on Blu-ray, please on the back have it say it's no fucking Doctor Strangelove. <laughs> it's not Doctor Strangelove. It must be a strange <laughs> experience. A strange experience trying to convince everyone that it's not smart. I know! That's the craziest <laughs> job of the whole thing! Like, the craziest part of the whole thing is it's like, we swung one way, no so that's the people like you guys find it, and like, people... Well, like, are you, so are you, were you a little apprehensive about that at first? Because this is obviously yeah. a really unique time, like, it's a home premiere, and it came out the same yeah. week with Invisible that's Man and Emma. Yeah. <clears throat> are you, do you think more people are, are seeing it, or... What, what are your thoughts on that? I Obviously, there wasn't really much of a choice. I think that, in general, just straight up, in general, more people are seeing it. Like, I think in general, like, you know, there's tracking that, like, all the, like, studios do for, like, movies. And, like, we were, like, tracking like this, and then it was, like, COVID-19. And it was, like, wow. Oh, no. <laughs> it went away, right? Like, so it's, like, oh, it's going to make, like, this much money. Oh, no, it's not going to make, it's not going to make any money. You know, like, that's sort of what was happening on the yeah. kind of, I think that more, I don't know. They won't tell me how many people have seen it on the home video. Why would they? Uh, I think that more people are seeing it because it just got immediately released on home video after all of this than, than likewise, you know, than, than otherwise. And, and I, I, I would like to think, I would hope that um, maybe like some counteraction between the like right-wing Breitbart media being like this is trying to tell like like liberals to kill conservatives like is gone and also the like this is supposed to be the most smart movie that explains why partisanship in America is like like everything and like explains it all away and like boy did they fucking whiff on that <laughs> <laughs> Like, hopefully those people are gone, too. And, like, the people in the middle that are just like, I wanted to have fun and drink a beer. Yeah. I do. <laughs> really who I was making it for, genuinely. Um, now, now that we talked about the fun thing, I do want to ask a question about the Jackrabbit story. Um, mm. Because my takeaway from it, and it's okay if you creatively don't want to answer this, but when I first watched it, I was like, I wonder what that means. And then watching it a second time, I... Because the whole Jackrabbit story, it's the, 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 the rabbit versus the tortoise. And her mom tells her that the, the rabbit, uh, that slow and steady wins the race if you're the tortoise. And the rabbit falls asleep, and the tortoise wins, and then the rabbit comes in and kills the whole family of the tortoise. And for me, that was a metaphor for the most evil version of capitalism. Like, like if that, that her mom told her from an early age that you are the tortoise, and no matter what you do, no matter how much you think you've won, the people up top, the jackrabbits, the people, the 1%, are always going to, even if they sleep for a little bit and let you get ahead, they're going to crush you. And then I thought when she sees the rabbit at the end, that that was her becoming the jackrabbit in that moment. That was her, like, being That's like, I have Grilled cheese after that. <laughs> yeah, and she goes to the grilled cheese, right? She gets to eat the grilled cheese, the oh jackrabbit's grilled cheese. So she oh, eats geez. all she eats all the meal of the jackrabbits. So she yeah, becomes the jackrabbit. In her speech, she says, like, you know, and he ate all the dinner. Killed the like the wife and kids just to watch them die. You know. Which is I, everybody in the bunker, right? Huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then like and then she like, you know, kills the jackrabbit and, and eats their dinner every last bite you know and, and like the reason is because jack rabbit always wins and like yeah so like there's definitely uh a callback for yeah. sure did did you ever consider having the jack rabbit at the end having that jack rabbit kill betty gilpin <laughs> we, we, we like thought about a lot of weird shit. <laughs> do you was there ever a discussion to let um, <laughs> Betty Gilpin uh, snowball is what you call her in that? Did, was there ever a discussion to let them both die or was that always the original ending to have 
Hillary Swank die and um, Athena die, and then uh, Betty Gilpin lives. The goal is never the uh, Snowball would die. Uh, I don't think that the metaphor really works if Snowball yeah. dies. So that was like never the goal. But uh, uh, the goal was certainly to like make it feel like Snowball was about to die. <laughs> yeah. <'Cause, laughs> right? Like you're supposed to be like, oh, they're both going to die. Oh, wait. Oh wait! It's like the fucking story that she told. <laughs> yeah, you because you stab her once in the gut, then she gets the the blender chunk thing in her stomach. Then she gets the she also gets the thermometer in her shoulder. So yeah. she she took a beating. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm really proud of the. Uh, I mean, I really grossed out a lot of the crew because the the like the Cuisinart blade was like my idea. Um, and then I was always like, I'm terrified of those. Like I like I like I like was doing dishes in a like group like Thanksgiving at some point, and like get cut by one, and was like, those things fucking they're the worst. <laughs> You've been <laughs> scarred for life by Cuisinart blades. Yeah, like, I, I, was, I, was I like, actually, those are like dangerous. dangerous. I've had a very similar experience to that with our magic bullet, because you can't detach it, for, so you gotta like get in yeah. there and clean. And it spins. There's nothing stopping it from spinning when you've got the sponge in there. So I'm with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm scarred. So we could say that the hunt is also a cautionary tale for dangerous kitchen appliances that yeah, we it's don't. About, it's just about like how to be like careful in one <laughs> kitchen, like cooking and, and yeah. how to like have best practices, you know? How, how long did that fight scene take to shoot? Because it's seven minutes long and it's. I watched it three times in a row the second viewing because they awesome. just start. I mean, they use everything in the kitchen to it's attack so and kill dope. and maim and beat the shit out of each other. It's incredible. And I love the fact that you shot it. A big pet peeve of mine with action movies is when it's so choppy, I can't see shit. And you let the shots breathe to where I, I could always track what was going on. And the part that had me and my wife freaking out was when she gets when Betty Gilpin gets her hand, her arm caught in the shotgun oh. as it's as it's like and she's like ah! oh. I'll tell you a story about that. So like the story about that is like there was like a bunch of beats. Like yeah. there was like we were like we needed certain things to happen. Like I wanted certain things to happen. I was like people have to get kicked through a fireplace. People have to <laughs> jump on my friend Maeve uh, does this macrame art that I think is very beautiful and I mean, yeah. Like, and then like kick through the fireplace was a thing. And then uh, fall from swinging on the macrame art was a thing. And uh, and like we knew all these things needed to happen. But like in order for that macrame thing to happen, people need to get up to a second level. Like what will motivate them to go to the second floor? And Heidi Moneymaker, her name is truly Heidi Moneymaker. That is <laughs> The greatest name ever. <laughs> yes, uh, she she's uh, was the fight choreographer and, and one of the two stunt choreographers of the whole show, and uh, she was like, "What if like, you know, what if at this point uh, there's a gun involved and and like all of a sudden, uh, you know, Athena has a gun and is like shooting it at her," and I was like. I don't really want, at first I was like, I don't want guns, no guns. Like it needs to just be a fight fight, you know, like no guns. And she's like, well, how else do we get people upstairs? You know, how do we chase people upstairs? And I was like, okay, fair enough. I can't think of a better version. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, but if we're going to do guns, let's do it as a shotgun, a double barrel shotgun. And then like, and then I was like, cause I've always felt like there's like shotguns that like have to be Ever since, like, my cousin took me out to, like, try to hunt when I was, like, 12 years old, I've been terrified of, like, just getting my hand, my finger caught cool. in that, in the shotguns. And I was like, what if, like, they just use that? Like, what if that's a fight inside of the fight? You know? Um, so, so we're learning that a lot of the big moments come from your own trauma <laughs> with, yeah. uh, with different appliances and... <laughs> <laughs> It's, that's so funny that that your biggest fear of guns is getting a finger yeah. or skin caught in. <laughs> I acknowledge the irony. <laughs> I'm still, I'm, I still promise you that is the truth. Yeah. I'm scared, uh, 
Like that, that's scary. Like that's. Yeah, I can see it. As soon yeah. as it happened, yeah. I was like, "That's that's gonna that's gonna blood blister. If it doesn't break the skin, it's gonna be a nasty blood blister." We're I Ryan, like, are we? We're running out of good. time. We probably oh, only no! have for like one no! question each, maybe oh. around the round. Oh the my horn. god! Oh god! Okay. Uh, I, have, I have a question. Oh, yes, I have Jesse, a question that I already have locked and loaded here. When uh, when a sort of bumbling southern character is written, uh, does Ethan Supley just show up, or do you still have to call him? Yeah. No. He he auditions naturally. Like uh -huh. they just like he just shows up on the audition sheets, and then. It's up yeah. to you to decide whether or not to put him in. And it's always a yes. It's I always mean, a yes for him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's great. I, I actually, uh, I, I met Ethan Suppley years ago when I used to work at a Starbucks and he was the nicest guy ever. And then- He really is. Uh, He's awesome, yeah. He's so not the character that we made. <laughs> right? Um, oh God, I have so many questions. But uh, okay, I, I do want to ask, um, what, what was um, the, the discussions about, um, killing off the majority of the characters in the first act. And I, I obviously, I assume that that was to subvert expectations for people. And and then to kill off all of the elites in one fell swoop. <laughs> was that was that like from the beginning, your idea to make people think they were seeing one kind of action movie and then just boom, it all happens at once to shock people? Or what was the, the motivation? My, my whole thing was like, I was like, this thing should be 89 minutes long. Like, I, it's, I think it's 92 minutes long, but I was like, it needs to be 89 minutes long. We need to be done with this. Like, <laughs> you go fast. Everything just happens fast. It's not smart. <laughs> I want it done. I was like, I like it. We have to go fast. <laughs> so a lot of it had to do with that, where I was just like, we need to keep moving. Like, let's fucking like give people what they want and move on. <laughs> um, but uh, but for sure, you know, I mean, I, I will credit uh, Nick and Damon with like the, a lot of the first like kills, the like the, in the fact that that was in the screenplay that it was like you would turn the page and you'd be like, <laughs> yeah. That that character uh, that character said too. Okay, you know it's like okay. Um, so like those first few ones are like for sure like a design uh, element of the movie. Um, and then when we got to the like Hunter's Blind, they also wrote all that stuff. I, it just at that point it felt like it was like let's just we know what we want. We want more yeah. Betty Gilpin murdering people. <laughs> well, and I think it also it it's funnier that way because these these yeah. douchebag elitists wouldn't be good at fighting right. like so it's funnier that she goes because i think she says hi bitch or something like that when hey, she bitch. blasts the guy's head hey bitch yeah she blasts the guy's head open and so i think that 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 serves the point of the movie and um yeah and i, I do it was really great that like nick and damon like had kind of very loosely written anything that was an action scene so like you know stuff like the fact that like like she takes the like cartridge out of the like and then, AK forty seven, and he's like, you know, or he takes it out and he's like, haha, like as yeah. if like taking out the bullets out, and she's just like, yeah, but there's like still one in the. What are you, <laughs> like, yeah. like those kind of beats were like things that we made up on set, um, in order to kind of like keep there being comedy beats and like yeah. character beats in the story, um. But also definitely because we were also like, let's let's do this. Let's just like kill everybody. I do I have, had... this is the last thing I want to say is that the moment, I'm okay. assuming this was a baby dinosaur moment when Betty Gilpin in the car goes and kicks the guy out. I think that was the first baby dinosaur. Moment. Yes. Okay. That's all I had to know. Now, Ryan, go. Uh, Your turn. I just had like a one final, again, thank you so much for joining us on this, this show. Awesome. Like, we, we're so you, lucky man. to have you here. And uh, again, we're such a big fan of your both your movie work and your TV work. Uh, like one thing we love to ask any guests we have is just like three three movies that inspired you growing up. Like what were just three that have inspired you, maybe impacted your work throughout the entire sense of your career? No pressure. <laughs> throughout my entire career. Um, how about for this? How about for this movie? 
For this movie, I would peg, uh, I would say Evil Dead 2, not Evil yes. Dead 1, but Evil Dead 2. I would say Robocop. <laughs> um, and uh, what would I say is the third one? I don't know, something like Pretty and Beautiful, I'm trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> big, daddy. Know, thing <laughs> big, big Daddy, right? Big Daddy. <laughs> and Big Daddy. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and big. that checks out. That checks out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you had me with Evil Dead Two and RoboCop, but then you really won me over with Big Daddy. <laughs> That's the hook. That's, That's the, the hook. hook. Yeah. This is yeah. not Doctor Strange, love, but it might be like Big Daddy. That's a good way to sell it for the home video <laughs> release on Blu-ray. Well, Craig, we do have to let you go because uh, After Buzz. I know we're all quarantined, but they're actually doing a ton of stuff here, Ryan, in the studio. So. That's but come by any 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 time, uh, and where can they find you online? Those that uh, haven't found you on Twitter yet. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I guess I'm on you know I'm on Twitter and Instagram and all those things as Craig Zobel, and uh, uh, yeah, look forward to. I'm 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 in the process of uh, shooting a, a a thing, except for that we got COVIDed. Uh, <laughs> but I'm in the process of shooting a, a TV show. A miniseries uh, for HBO called Mayor of East Town, awesome. uh, which is about Kate Winslet as a, 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 a basically as a police detective in a small rural community outside of Philadelphia, um, and it's a murder mystery show, and I, I, it's a totally different vibe than what this is. It's very much more naturalistic and um, real kind of than this. Um, and it's been a fun, different thing to do after this, and I'm really, really proud of it already. Uh, we're not done, but uh, yeah. I'm really, really proud of it. And and, uh, and so that's going to be the next thing that comes out, and hopefully everybody will check it out. Awesome. So I can't wait for it to get resume production. I'm sorry they got it's halted yeah. for now, but we yeah cannot wait. Anything you make and even anything HBO we're, we're excited for. But, Definitely. Uh, again, thank Thanks, you so man. much for coming on. Uh, you guys can find me at Ryan Nelson on Twitter. Ben, how about you? At the Ben Begley on Twitter and Instagram. And Jesse, where can they find you? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Too Much Jesse for Sketch at the Problem Losers. Yeah. Craig, thank you so much, man. I, uh, I'll probably still tweet every once in a while just the stuff that I loved about the movie, but I'll try <laughs> and not bother you too much. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank, thank you for coming you. on. Thanks yeah, for joining yeah. us from the East Coast. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right, y'all. Right. Uh, hit that hit that thumbs up button. Give us a rating on iTunes. We'll shout you yes. out on air. Thank you so much again for watching Guilty Movie Pleasures. And Ben, what yes. do we always ask? Hey, uh, what is your Guilty Movie Pleasure? From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.